This is a fantastic ministry that really does an awesome job of displaying the love of Jesus to people all around the globe who are going through a time of need, uh, both physically but also spiritually as well. So if you'd like to participate in, in supporting this ministry at the end of the service during our closing song, uh, you could bring your check forward, uh, put it in the envelope and bring it forward and lay it on the communion table. Have you ever lost something that uh, was really pretty important to you and against all probability, all of a sudden you, you found it? It makes me think of a vacation that we took years ago, our family, with some friends of ours. Uh, and we were in Rocky Mountain National Park on the, on the west side, Grand Lake area camping, and decided that we would uh, drive Trail Ridge Road to the other side and then go up into Bear Lake and do some hiking. Uh, so we all crammed into the same vehicle. There were was, there was six of us, uh, and we were driving along, and we made stops here and there along the way, as you do uh, on Trail Ridge Road. Uh, and at one point, one of our kids got a little uh, car sick, so I made room in the front, got out, made room for the front, and we just kept going. We, we finally made our way to the parking lot at Cub Lake, Bear Lake Park, Bear Lake, the trailhead, and we began to uh, get ready to go, and, and I was checking my backpack, and all of a sudden, where's my wallet? Couldn't find my wallet. Looked in the backpack, looked in the, in the, in the truck, uh, asked everybody else, no wallet. And then we realized that, that it had fallen out at some point along Trail Ridge Road. So, so we began to frantically backpack, and it began to, began to rain, uh, and we, we had stopped at probably six, seven different places at least on Trail Ridge Road. I mean, trying to remember which, where did we stop, when did we get out, uh, and we began to lose hope. We kept stopping, stopping, made six or seven stops. Finally, after about an hour and a half or two, the very last place that we might have stopped, I got out. I began to walk, and, and there it was on the side of the road, halfway under the grass, beginning to rain. It was my wallet. And you should have seen how excited we were. We were high-fiving. We were pumped because what was lost was what was found. I mean, it had all, all our cash in it. I mean, my IDs and everything. We were so pumped that what was lost had been found against all uh, probability. Well, well, today we are looking at a story in the Gospel of Luke where something or someone who is lost is, is found. And it's a beautiful story, the, pro, the story of the prodigal son. There's the prodigal son, there was a resentful older brother, and then there is a loving father. And, and it's, a, it's a story that resonates with people so well because it includes uh, family. There's some strained relationships. There's reconciliation. There's forgiveness. Um, there's about searching for love in all the wrong places. Uh, there's, this, there's hope. There's restoration. It's a story of incredible generosity and stunning forgiveness and amazing grace. And it's one of those stories that if, if, if the truth of it really sinks in, if we really understand the heart of the Father... In this story, if we let that sink in, not just an intellectual ascent, but it it soaks into our heart and really connects with us here, it can really change our lives. So let's take a look at it together. Turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 15, and we're going to begin with verse 11. We'll read through it. It's a familiar story, I know, to many of you, but we'll read through it together, and then we're going to make some comments uh, and... um, Draw some conclusions. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. 
Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your servant, to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in a field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed a fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So let's just do a quick summary in a few sentences. It starts at home and one of the sons gets sick of everything going on at home. He gets sick at home. He gets sick of his father and he decides to get out. After a while, he gets homesick and decides to come home. He comes home as his father meets him and, and welcomes him, throws a party, and the older brother is sick about that. Now, as, as we unpack the story, it, it seems obvious that Jesus is, is drawing some parallels here. The, the father in the story is like God, right? And, and the two sons are like the two groups of people who are listening to Jesus tell this parable for the first time. Can we see who that, those are? Earlier in the chapter, at verse 1, there's, there's three different stories about lostness. There's the lost sheep parable, the lost coin parable, the lost son. And Jesus begins this whole section of chapter 15 uh, with these words, where he says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So the first group is like the tax collectors and sinners. They're like, which is like the younger son. They're in open rebellion against God. They're living in a lifestyle that is not honoring to God. They know it. Everybody knows it. They're like the tax collectors and sinners. The second group is the Pharisees and teachers of the law, and they're like the older son. 
Uh, they are good religious people. They're, they're moral. They're upright. And yet, as we're going to see, they're in rebellion against God as well. And so here's the issue. Jesus intends for us to see ourselves in this parable. It's as if Jesus holds up this story, tells a story, holds it up and says, okay, where are you? Take a look at your life. Are you more like the younger brother or are you more like, like the older brother? So let's take a look now at the contrast between these, these two brothers. It says, there was a, son who had, a man who had two sons. First, out-and-out rebel, chafes under his father's care, decides, I want my inheritance early. I want to go out and live life, experience, travel the world, eat, drink, and be merry. There's got to be more life than what I'm experiencing. I'm being cheated out of what I should be experiencing. So he goes to his dad and says, I want to leave, and I want my funding now. He asks for an inheritance, and dad says, well, wait a second. You don't understand how that works. You don't get that until after, I, you know, after I'm dead. He says, that's right. I wish you were dead. Just give me the money now. I don't want anything to do with you. I want the blessing of your inheritance. I want your money, but I don't want you. So you see, the, the father in the story is a bit like God, and the younger son like, is like a lot of people. Maybe we've been that son, younger son, who acts as if God doesn't exist. Maybe he's, in our mind, a little bit irrelevant. We want God's blessings. We want his gifts. We want the world in which we live. We want health. We want opportunities. But we don't want God. We want the gifts, but we don't want anything to do with the giver. And that's what the younger son says to his dad. Give me my share of the estate. Dad does. Didn't have to, but dad does. Again, like God, God gives us free will. We can choose to be with him. We can choose to walk away from him. So dad gives the son his share of the estate and the son leaves. Now, we, 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 we don't know what cause the son to do this. We can, we can surmise it's not because the father's abusive. It's not because uh, the father's controlling and harsh. We, we see the opposite of that in the story. It, it, the, 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 need is, the, the need for independence is what is driving this. He wants to do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, where he wants to do it, with whom he wants to do it. He wants inheritance. He wants all the blessings of being a son of his father, but he wants all this with no strings attached. He says, I don't need you. And he walks off to do life on his own without his father. Now let's take a look at the older son. And he uh, is the, the good son, the establishment figure. But take a look at verse 29. He's having a fight with his dad. After his brother comes back, he has a problem with this. And he says, look, after all these years, I've been slaving for you. I've never disobeyed your orders. And now you go and, and give this, this, this reprobate, you give him... A feast. You throw a party for him. I mean, this older son, no doubt, he was hardworking. He was by his dad's side. Uh, his, he would have gone to synagogue with his dad. He would have been a part of the Chamber of Commerce. He was respectable. He was very different from his brother. He was nothing like his younger brother. But as the story reveals, he's really not that much like his father either. And that's... The problem. Take a look at verse 28. The older brother became angry and refused to go in because his younger brother came home. The younger brother he hadn't seen for years. 
Instead of being excited that his younger brother was coming home, he's angry and bitter. He doesn't want his brother to have any blessings, any gifts from his father. His father, um, who the younger brother said, basically, I wish you were dead. Give me the money. His father runs to the younger son, greets him with open arms, gives them a kiss, throws a feast. But the older brother meets the younger brother with a clenched fist and with a closed heart. The father says, my son, the younger brother, the older brother says, that son of yours. He's as far away from the father as the younger brother is. You see, if you want to see God in terms of religion, then these two boys are very different. But if you want to see God in terms of of a relationship, of a heart response, of responding to the father's heart, of becoming more like the father, well, these two sons are both out of relationship with the father. One's religious, one's not. One's respectable, the other's not. But they're both out of relationship with their father. The difference is the younger brother, he knows he's out of relationship with the father. He understands. The older brother does not. So again, the question for us this morning is, where in relationship with the father are we? Are we more like the younger son? Out and out rebellion, overt rebellion, or like the older brother? Covert rebellion, hard-heartedness, more concerned about justice than mercy for others. So let's take a look at how we can tell for an older brother by a couple of things. First is our response to other people. The other is our response to God. If our religion makes us feel superior to others then we're an older brother. If we are filled with resentment when others receive undeserved mercy and blessings, we're more like the older brother. If we begin to feel as if God owes us something, we're more like the older brother. If we demand justice, not mercy, in God's dealings with other people, we're more like the older brother. If we have a cause and effect relationship with God. I do this, God, and then you have to do this. Then we're more like the older brother. And if we have these feelings and we think these thoughts and we have that perspective, we're as far from the Father as those who are prodigals. So next we're going to see this amazing welcome by the Father. Reveal something powerful about the Father's heart. So what happens is when the younger brother comes into view, the older father, well, let's take a look at verse 17 first. It's the turning point of the story. When he came to his senses, it says, in other words, he's saying to himself, how could I have been so blind? How could I have treated my father like this? How could I have been so stupid? And he begins to say to himself, I don't just lack food, I lack my father. And then he says, I'm going to set out and go back to dad. I'm going to tell him I've sinned against heaven, against you. And in a sense, he's longing for home, isn't he? And home ultimately isn't a place. Home is, is it's a relationship. It's where we belong, where we are accepted. 
And that's what the younger brother misses, ultimately. Because in his world, when the money ran out, the friends ran out. And a lot of us learn this kind of uh, conditional relationship thing early on in life. You know, if I, I love you, I accept you if you obey, if you meet my expectations, if you don't disappoint me. I love you, accept you if you are cool and wear the right clothes, if you have the right friends, do the right activities. I love you, and accept you if you don't get fat, if you stay attractive. I love you and accept you if fill in the blanks. But the amazing thing about home, true home, is that you are loved regardless and no matter what. And that's what the younger brother is yearning for. And so he returns home. And we see the, the father's heart revealed. He doesn't stay on the porch and say, okay, I'm going to make him come to me. See if he's learned his lesson. The father doesn't say, okay, you can come home, but on these conditions, you're on probation. You've got to prove yourself to me. No, the father it says, is filled with compassion. He runs to his son. He throws his arms around him and he, and he kisses them, which is amazing when you think about that God is the father in this parable. That God, the creator of the universe, a holy and perfect God, throws dignity and caution to the wind and runs to this rebellious father who had wished him dead and taken his blessings for granted. And he tells his servants to prepare a feast for what was lost is now found. It's a beautiful scene. The son gets robes, he gets sandals, he gets uh, a ring, he gets a feast. And then he, he realizes something that if he had realized it earlier, he never would have left home in the first place. It's how generous the father is. It's how good and loving the father is. Everything was his to begin with. He didn't have to leave home to get his. The father would give and, and give and give and give. He didn't realize how generous the father was. Is your heart overwhelmed with the generosity of God? In light of all that he's done for us, In light of all he will do for us, is doing for us, is your heart overwhelmed with the generosity of God? So we have a little bit left here. Let's go back to the story. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking that it's, it's pretty fortunate for the younger brother that the older brother wasn't the one who saw him first. I mean, think about that. The older brother would have met him with, why are you home? You broke, your, broke dad's heart. Get out of here. You're no longer a part of our family. Just leave. You know? And sometimes older brothers, if we play the older brother, that's something that can happen. Our judgment, our rejection, our anger, our they need to get what's coming to them can drive people and keep people away from 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 the father. But he didn't see the older brother first. But the wonderful thing about the Christian faith is that we have a very different older brother, Jesus Christ. The older brother who went on the cross and basically said, for you to be clothed in righteousness, I need to be stripped. For you to have the ring and the robe, I must lose mine. 
And so Jesus died on the cross for us so that we can come home. So we can be in the arms of our loving Father forever. But of course, the Father doesn't make us come home. He doesn't make us come home. The older brother here thinks he's home. He's in the vicinity. He's in the house, but he's, he's not home. And that's the true tragedy in the parable. That's what's so sad. And that's where we need to constantly be asking ourselves, where are we in relationship to God? Are we more like the younger brother or are we more like the, the older brother? Because it's always about the Father's love and the Father's grace and our response to that. My hope and prayer is that you will respond to the Father's heart by coming home. Let's pray. Father, um, we thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for your word. And Lord, we we confess that there are times we've maybe been the younger brother and maybe been the older brother. Lord, help us to to come to you and to trust in you, to not take you for granted, to be thankful for the blessings and the gifts, but to want the giver, to want a relationship with the giver and the blesser even more. So, Lord, we turn our hearts, we turn our hearts towards home. And we come to you and we trust in you. For you are good and you are generous and you are full of grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. During the closing uh, hymn, again, if you would like to participate in Covenant World Relief, I encourage you to come forward.